Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. It's great to be with you. Um, is it okay if I do something different? Is that okay with you guys? Be, be along the journey with me. Um, if you're comfortable, if you could just close your eyes. Um, raise your hands if you're comfortable to do that. I'm just going to sing a song. You can sing along with me, if you know the words. Jesus. His name is Jesus. Precious Jesus, Lord Almighty, the King of my heart, the King of glory. His name is Jesus, precious Jesus. Lord Almighty, King of my heart, King of glory, His name is Jesus, precious Jesus, Lord Almighty, King of my heart. King of glory. Father, we just thank you for you, Jesus. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are Lord of our hearts, the King of glory, that there is none like you, Jesus. And thank you, Father, that when you break in, you break every chain, you break every bondage, you break into our lives to set us free, Father. We thank you that there is such power just in the mention of your name, Jesus. And that when we encounter the living God, we encounter the King of Kings, Jesus, that impacts our lives and changes us for good. We thank you for your presence here right now, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. I was just, um, as we were singing our last song, um, it just gripped me so much of what we are singing about Jesus. And um, this past week, I found out that one of my family members passed away. I um, wasn't going to share this, but anyways, God knows what he's doing. And um, for just one encounter with Jesus, for this guy, it would have changed his life. He's addicted to drugs, landed up on the street. And he ended up passing away, not knowing Jesus, not knowing the King of Kings. For just one encounter with Jesus would have changed his life. I know that. Because when you encounter Jesus, you can't walk away unchanged. You have to walk away changed because he is the King of Kings. He is the victorious one. And I just want more encounters with him. Otherwise, what's the point? 
not anything of what I had to share about, but just my heart. Um, my wife and I over here, she's beautiful, wearing a beanie. <laughs> Looks good on her, I'm just saying. Um, we have the privilege of leading the worship teams in our church. And uh, thank you to you guys for giving us that privilege and allowing us to lead uh, the worship in this church. And we just feel that there's something happening with worship at the moment. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the last few weeks has been incredible. It hasn't been just because we get up here and we practice, but it's been because people are also interceding and praying for breakthrough in our community. Um, worship is not just about coming on a Sunday, singing songs, and doing our little thing here. And then we go the rest of the week just like, oh, that was good. We refueled. But actually, it's a daily thing that we do. Um, so it's prayer. It involves everything. And I'll, I'll get on to that now. But my wife and I, we, we're enjoying this journey of leading our worship teams. Uh, we have such a heart um, for worship. Uh, we love it. Um, I grew up with my, my dad. He's a really good singer. I did not take his genes on in the beginning. Um, because literally, I, I was terrible. Um, those of you that know the Eric Clapton song, Stairways to Heaven, I could play that, but just barely. So I only played that like, doo doo doo. That was pretty much about it. And I'd play that over and over again, like practicing, thinking, I'm going to get better. And my sister thought otherwise and would go, come into the room and say, can you play something else, maybe? Or just stop altogether. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't listen to her. Then I thought I could sing, so I carried on singing and practiced for a bit. Our youth band at that stage was looking for singers, male vocalists, and I was like, awesome, I'm going to try out. I was playing drums at that stage, and I went and I sang for them with such faith and expectation, and they just said, maybe you should stick to drumming instead. And I was like, good, this is off to a good start. But I carried on, persevered. My sister would come into the room slam the door, tell me I'm, I sound terrible, please stop singing. Uh, but the greatest thing was um, when I was able to lead worship the first Sunday and my brother-in-law stood up in front of the congregation and just said, Lee, it's such a privilege to, to pray us in with you leading worship because you didn't listen to the voice of us, but you listened to the voice of God. And you didn't silence that voice, but you listened to him. And that's when I got to where I was. And it's just through God that we're able to lead the worship in this, in this church and lead the guys that are worshiping because literally without God, I would probably sound terrible. And thank God for him, for you guys, because it wouldn't be good with just me. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Cool. Um, I'm going to be sharing out of Exodus 3. Um, it's about Moses and the burning bush. Uh, I'm just going to read it quickly and then we'll get on to what I have to share. Exodus 3 from verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. 
Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. We just pray. Now, Father, we just thank you right now that we can open our hearts to just encounter you, God. We thank you that the same God that heard the cry of his people is the same God that hears our cries tonight, today, Lord. We thank you that you are the God who was and is and is to come, that you have not changed. And you still want to speak to us today, Father. So I pray that you'd open our ears, open our hearts to receive what you want to say to us this evening, Lord. That we can hear your word. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to f- share um, four points today about what worship is. Uh, those four points being worship is more than a song. It's more than a feeling. It's more than just a Sunday. And it's more than just about you. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it has been ridiculously hot lately. It's definitely not autumn. Um, I'm pretty sure yesterday was like 30-something degrees. It's great. Autumn weather all the way. But um, I'm not too sure about you guys if you feel the same way, but when I go to sleep, there's something that irritates me when I sleep. Maybe you're familiar with it. You're comfortable? It's not my wife, no. You're comfortable, and you're about to sleep. Covers on, and you're like, oh, Lord, this is going to be a great sleep. And just as you're about to, you know the deep sleep you're about to get into, and you can feel yourself drifting. And as you're about to drift, you just hear, and I don't know what you guys do at that moment, but for me, I can't sleep through that. So I'm up, sheets are off, lights is on, and I'm searching for the smallest insect in the world. But I'll find it and kill it, because I'm not going to bed when that thing's going to bite me. And I, I, I lift up sheets, we fluff pillows, we push curtains back just so that thing can fly and we can catch it and try and squash it somehow. I don't know if, do you guys relate to that or or do you guys just sleep straight through that? I can't. And you always live in like that or you're about to sleep in that fear of it's going to come again because then it disappears. There are tricky little things. You're looking and then next thing is like, okay, where is it? It's gone. And then you like sleep and you know when you sleep again, it like, it knows. It knows you've gone to sleep. And then it comes straight out as soon as you switch off the lights and you're in bed, comfortable again. And you're like, come on. So, yes, that's my, my experience with mosquitoes. And maybe it's a, it's a little bit of a weird analogy to use with God. But my encouragement today is that we would not sleep through the sound of God's voice. That actually we would wake up, that we would do the same as we would for that mosquito. Fluff pillows, turn over things, switch on lights, and just gaze fully into the face of God until we find Him. We can't sleep through His voice. 
Because I don't know about you, but if you read the story about Moses, God is quite persistent, even though Moses is also quite persistent. Moses often is like, but I can't. But I'm a terrible speaker. Are you sure you want to see me? What if they don't think I'm good enough? What if they don't receive me? And God is just like, okay, I'm still God. I don't understand. It's like, yeah, but, but, but. And God's like, yes, I am. He's like, yeah, no, but I'm this and I'm this. And God knows, no, it's great, but I am. And if we can just grasp onto that, that when we have an encounter with God, the I am, wow. There is nothing that can stop us. There is no voice in this world that will be louder than the voice of God when we encounter the great I am. So worship, more than just a song. Um, I know there's this book that some of the guys read, or the, the, a, a version of the Bible that some of the guys read. I think it's called Street Lights or something to do with lights. And it's the Bible, it's the audio version of the Bible, and it's read with music in the background. Apparently the guys like it. I get distracted by music, so I wouldn't be able to listen to it. But I don't know if your Bible is the same as mine, or maybe a different version, but as far as I know, when Moses had his encounter with God, there was no synth in the background. Like, it's hard to imagine, like, how great thou art in the background while Moses is encountering the burning bush and the angel of the Lord. Like, that wasn't happening. I'm pretty sure Moses wasn't walking around just going, oh, it's Jesus and I'm going to have an account. Cool. One second. <clears throat> How great. And then after that whole song, okay, Lord, I'm ready for the encounter with you now. It's like there was no thing that he had to do to have an encounter with God. It actually just happened. So worship is more than just a song. Moses had this encounter, this worship encounter with God. There was no singing. There was no music. There was no instruments. There was just him, God, and God speaking. And Moses going, I'm going to fix my eyes on you. I'll come back to um, this a bit later as well. But I found it so interesting in verse um, verse 2. It actually says, So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So Moses saw the bush was burning. But then after that in verse 3 it says, Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And that speaks to me about Moses doing his thing, but then realizing I'm in the presence of God, I'm having an encounter, and he had to decide to turn and see the sight. He had to decide in himself to turn, fix his gaze on Christ, and encounter God. Not just go, okay, cool, I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing. Like God's doing his thing, that's great. But actually turn and go, God, what are you doing? Let me encounter you. So it's more than just a song. It's more than what we sing here. Romans 12 verse 1, it talks about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, as an act of worship to Him. So that means your body, not just your mouth, your hands, your mind, your feet, your arms, your body. That means when you go to work on Tuesday, because tomorrow is a public holiday, of course. But when you go to work on Tuesday, you're worshiping God. When you go home tonight and possibly have supper with your kids, you are worshiping God. When you have uh, talks with your wife in the morning, you are worshiping God. Even when you are stuck in traffic and the taxi decides to pull over in front of you, you might not say it, but you are worshiping God. We can choose to encounter Him or not. 
the choice is ours. Moses could have carried on, but he chose to set his sight on God. So we can worship God in everything that we do and offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to him or not. Decision is ours. So it's more than just a song. Second point is it's more than just a feeling. Um, Again, going to Moses in verse 11 and verse 13 and um, chapter 4, verse 13, he keeps disqualifying himself. And he's like, but God, I'm not this. I'm not that. I can't speak. I can't do that. And God just keeps qualifying him and just going, no, but I am. You might not be, but I am. You're going in my name. You're going to set my people free. So it's not about you. It's about me. Whether Moses felt like it or not, God still chose to use him. God still spoke to him. It actually says, um, just before chapter 3, it actually says that Moses was content to live in the land with Jethro. So he was happy. It's not like he was going around going, I wonder if God needs me to go down to Egypt and set the Israelites free. Like, he wasn't doing that. He was content just being a shepherd and living in the land of Jethro. But God had another plan. And God encountered him, whether he liked it or not. Um, two stories about this with my own life. Um, years ago, we, we were leading a youth in Durban. And uh give you a bit of context, um, my wife and I, we, we do enjoy a variety of music. One of that type is screamo, heavy metal music. Come afterwards to if you need me to explain what that is. But it's pretty much those guys that you never understand what they're singing because they're just shouting. That type of music. And we're okay with that. Sorry if you aren't, but we're okay with that. <laughs> and uh, when we were leading this youth group in Durban, um, we were having a worship session the one night, and it just felt like it was going nowhere. I just I don't know if you guys have been in those moments where you're just like, Lord, you've got to do something. And there's about 70 to 100 kids behind us. I'm like, Lord, I... I don't know, the worship leader gives you that look of like, and you kind of give him the look back of like, and you're both kind of deciding what to do, and you really are just going, God, you got to do something. And one of our youth leaders at that point, he was part of a screamo band. And I felt inside of myself, God going, get Andrew to scream. And I was like, No. Obviously, that was not right, but I carried on, and I was just like, okay, God, I don't know if I can do that, because screaming, youth context, these oaks are going to go home and go, Mom, do you know what we did today at youth? <laughs> then I'm going to have parents funny, and going, what are you letting my kids listen to? So I was like, no, no, no. So I carried on worshiping. I'm just like, Lord, you need to do something. You need to break through here. Then, unbeknown to me, Kelly was standing that side. She walks up to me, taps me on the shoulder, and she's like, I feel like Andrew needs to scream. And I'm like, Okay, no. Carry on worshiping. I'm like, no, Lord, you really must be joking because I can't get this guy to scream. Then from the back of the hall, as I'm worshiping, I get this tap on the shoulder and I turn around and there's Andrew. He's like, yeah, I really feel like I need to scream. I was like, okay, Lord, I get what you're saying. And I really didn't feel like it. I really didn't feel like letting this guy scream because of fear of what people would think. Fear of what the youth are going to think. Fear of what they're going to tell their parents and not a fear of God and what he's going to do. So I had to silence that voice and go, actually, God, 
there's something here. And I got up and I explained to the youth and I said, this is just another form of worship. This is what's going to happen. Andrew's going to scream. It's a different style. You might not be used to it, but just let's push through and worship God. And um, for those of you that know, as would happen, screamo guys have this stance that they do. So this guy's like across the stage, kind of like getting pumped and ready. At first I was kind of like, Lord, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> just worship you. And he, he began to scream over the youth. And it was such a massive thing for me because I turn around as he's screaming. And there's a hundred kids on their knees, tears running down their face, encountering the presence of God. Fear of man is the biggest fear we can ever have. We need to fear God so much more because we need to listen to his voice. We need to listen to his calling and what he has for us because we don't know how big that thing is. We don't know what that can do and we don't know what's around the next corner of our obedience to his voice. We, uh, we, went to a, we had a kids beach mission trip that we went on and um, similar situation, uh, not to scream out obviously, but there was a, a girl that was in the, 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 the village that we went to and she played volleyball, no? water polo, and she had really bad pain in her knees, and she'd go for cortisone injections. And this year, we just battled, really. Like, we normally take about 15 to 20 guys on this, on this trip, 12 of them out with feet injuries. As soon as we got onto this mission trip, bruised feet, twisted ankles, one girl was already on crutches, one of the guys cut his foot open, like, just as we're busy, Kelly and I were discussing, going, like, there has to be something here, all these guys cannot be getting bruised on their feet for any reason. As we're doing that, they run through and they go, one of the guys' name is Brett, and he's like, Brett's just put his foot through the floor in the youth center. And it was wooden floors, and his foot just went straight through. And we're like, what the heck's going on? So the next day we prayed, washed the guys' feet, and we just declared just victory over them and just protection over them. And this guy calls us, and he says, we had our daily devotion the next morning. This guy calls us and says, my daughter has just come back from a water... Uh, polo, polo tournament, knees are painful, went for a cortisone injection. She cannot move. She's in pain. Can I bring her to you guys to pray? And we sat there going, everything inside of us was like, no. We're broken. We hurt. We're tired. We don't want to. We've been attacked. Like We're battling with our own things. Why? But obviously God is much bigger than that. And I was like, bring her. Let's see what happens. And she came, the father carried her in, put her in a chair, and we just began to pray over her, pray for healing. We started shouting that the pain must go from her legs. And then we said, how are you feeling? And she said, all pain's gone from my left leg. And I said, okay, cool. And we carried on praying, carried on pushing through, carried on pushing through and said, how are you feeling? She said, no, still pain in the right, but the left leg's fine. And we're like, cool. Carried on with the devotion, prayed, and we all stood up to get on with the rest of the activities of the day. And as we stood up, she just burst into tears. And we're like, what, what's going on? She said, both legs completely healed. She could walk. She was fine. Just an encounter that you have with God when you don't feel like it. Worship is not about feelings. Worshiping a mighty God is not about feeling whether you like to or not. It's about Him and who He is and the greatness that He wants to release in us when we are just obedient to the encounter that we have with Him. It's more than just the feeling. 
Worship, point number three, worship is more than just a Sunday. If we think that we're coming on a Sunday just to worship here and then we go home and then that's it, well, you're wrong. Hope no one was expecting to hear different, but you're wrong. I think sometimes what happens, and I fall into this trap sometimes, is I come on a Sunday to worship and I feel like it's refueled me so I can carry on for the rest of the day. As God-filled, spirit-centered people, that is not right. We don't go out there so we can come back next Sunday completely just flat and going, wow, Lord, that was such a tough week. I need to worship you again so I can just get refueled. No. What we actually do is we are meant to worship because of what God has done in the week through us. Sunday worship is a victory shout because God is good and he's been good through the whole week. And we worship from that. We don't worship to something. We worship because of what he's done. If I look at, um, in Joshua, it talks about the walls of Jericho. And I was taught in Sunday school that for six days, they walked in silence around the walls. On the seventh, they let out a cry and a shout, and the walls fell down. I read it for myself. We need to read the Bible, guys. Because there's sometimes things that we learn in Sunday school that we just take for granted because Sunday school teachers, Sunday school teachers are just like us. Sometimes it's not going to be exactly correct. And I read it in Joshua, and it actually says for six days there were seven priests with seven trumpets that walked around blowing those trumpets. There was worship for six days. And on the seventh day, there was a victorious shout. And that speaks to me of an example of what worship is. It's not just a Sunday, but it's a six-day worship and a victorious shout because of the worship of the six days that we've already had. So this Sunday is not like a, oh, let's worship and then encounter God during the week. It's, I've encountered God, so I will worship because he is good and because he has done so much for me. That's the place we worship out of. Worship is not just about me. So worship, like, I don't know about you guys, but nine out of ten times, I do tend to come to church and think like, I leave going like, oh, that worship was so good, like it impacted me. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but really, okay, it impacted me, that's great. Was God worshipped? If he was worshipped, then worship happened. Whether it impacted me or not, God was worshipped. I know today, uh, John was saying this morning, they, they had a time of, uh, in, in worship where they were singing that song, I will call upon the Lord. And the, the bridge came just declaring who Jesus is, that in Jesus' name we will break every stronghold. And we were talking about the attributes of God. And like eventually John just said, guys, we're singing about the greatness of Jesus, how good he is. His attributes, his character should be a celebration point. And the guys just rose up after that. And John said, whether you feel like it or not, he is worthy of our praise. And the reality is, it's not about me and what I feel on a Sunday, but it's all about him and who he is in my life constantly. Not just on a Sunday, but constantly, daily, who he is. Not me. Because if it was up to me, I'd be this, I don't know pile of something on the floor. Because to be honest, if I had to be brutally honest and open with you guys, it's been a tough week. It really has. Um, 
I was saying to Kristen just now, um, from a movie, forgive me for the movie, for those of you that do like it, forgive me as well, but Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Yes, I watched one of them. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fast and the Furious. Anyways, just excuse, just don't worry about the movie. Just worry about what I'm going to say about it. But um, there was a Chinese guy, and he said in the movie, he said, a nail that stands out has to get hammered. And I thought about that, and I thought, Lord, I want to stand out for you, which means I'm going to get hammered. And this week has been an absolute hammering for me. Like, things just haven't gone great. I've been quite emotional, finding out about family members as well. It's been an emotional time, but God. And I look at this and I go, it's not about me. It's about the worship of the king. It's about him. It's about his glory, his fame. It's not about how I feel or not. It's about him and him being worshipped and me worshipping him because even though my week was not the greatest, God is still good. God is still great. Jesus is still on his throne and he's still the king of kings. And he is not moved by any of the things that I've experienced, but he is so good. And I'll worship because of that. We worship out of our brokenness. We worship out of our hardships because he is good. And he makes us good. He makes it better for us. I, just, I, I was really moved in that verse when, when it said that Moses saw the bush, but he turned and he realized and he said, I now must turn aside and see the sight. It spoke to me so much because it tells me that we walk our own walk. We walk our own path. But unless we stop just looking at the things around us that God is doing and turn aside and fix our gaze on what God is doing, we're going to miss an opportunity to encounter him. We're going to miss an opportunity for him to do the greatest thing he could possibly do with us. I don't know why um, I feel like sharing this, but I do. Um, I know that God's called me for something. I know his call in my life is for worship. I know his call in my life is to speak to people about this powerful God that we serve. And I know that the enemy tries to stop that. My gran was a woman of worship, great woman, prayed for me daily. She'd get up at four o'clock in the morning to pray for her family by name, encounter the presence of God daily for her family. If it wasn't for her, literally, I would be dead because the enemy tried to take my life three times when I was younger. Try to commit suicide three times when I was younger. But God, he knew the plan he had for me. He knew the encounters I was going to have with him and for him and through him. And it's all for him and his glory and his fame that I stand here today. It's nothing to do with me. It's even nothing to do with my grand, but it's all for him. And it's all because of him. And it's all for his glory and his fame because he deserves it. He is worthy of it. And we need to stop missing encounters. We've got to encounter the living God. I asked them if, 
maybe if John, if we, if we can get the team up for the guys to just sing. Um, I asked the guys to do a song, um, old song by Hillsong is here now. And there's one part in the song that says, fix my eyes on the things that I can't see now. And all I see is the glory of your name. And for me, I don't want us to just wait for Sunday after Sunday to encounter God because he is here now. He is here always. He will never leave or forsake you. He has never left. So every day that you walk with him is an encounter with God, whether we feel like it or we don't. I was, I was speaking to the guys this morning in Milton, and I just said to them, you know, when we encounter God, we can't run from his voice. We can't help but be obedient because he's so great. And I know even in our workplaces, practically it looks like slowing down, stopping, and just going, God, what do you want to do right now with me in my workspace? And you might think, but that's impossible. You don't know my work situation. You don't know my family situation. You don't know my home situation, but God. And years ago, I worked with a promotional company, and we, it was a Christian lady, and we had devotions in our times of worship and or in, before off, before we started work, sorry. And one day I was doing it and I just said to them, I was going to a printer for some shirts after that meeting and I just said to them, guys, we need to be obedient to God and we need to encounter God even if it means that just now when I go to the printer, I need to tell that printer, Jesus loves you. I've got to be obedient and do that. And as I was speaking about it, God just drops his word into me and he says, okay. And as obviously as as good Christians are, we're like, no, guys, I was just, I was making the statement. wasn't meaning it. I'm not going to go and tell the guy that you love him. I was just saying it's a really cool thing to say. And God again just said, yeah, okay, go and do it. And you get pumped when you're with a bunch of Christians. Here, now, his presence is here. God is here. We get pumped. We get excited. But the difference is when we leave. It's not here. Because when you leave, it becomes a lot more difficult. Because now it's you. No one to watch you. No one to keep track of you. It's you. It's you and the choice to encounter God and do something for His name. To make His name glorious. To make His name famous. And I left our office and I went to the printer and I was like, God, give me courage. Give me courage. And as I was getting closer and closer to the printer, the, the courage was just getting less and less. And I got there to the printer spoke about the job and said, this is what we need to print. This is what we need to do. Let's do it. Cool. And I was turning around to walk. And I, as I got to the door handle, I just felt God saying, Lee, what are you doing? I was like, well, leaving. That's what I'm intending on doing. And God's like, no, Lee, what are you doing? And I turned around and I said to this guy, but listen, I don't know if it's weird or not for you, but I believe in a God who speaks. And he's speaking to me right now. And I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. Not only does he love you, as soon as I opened my mouth, there were words that came out for this guy of how much God loves him, what God wants for him, the plans that God has for him and his family and his wife and his business. And everything just started coming out. Once you open your mouth with an encounter with God, you cannot shut what God wants to do. And I just spoke it over his life. And then I just said, cool. And he had wide eyes. And I was like, I'm going to go because I don't know what's going on right now. But he called me and he said, come, come. I went to his computer and he said, this is the email I just got from my pastor speaking about everything that you've just said. 
It's just confirmation after confirmation of what God wants to do in my life. Thank you for being obedient. We need to encounter this living God that will enable us to change our workspaces, to change our life spaces, to change our family lives, to change our kids' lives, to change where we work, where we study, where we go shopping. Imagine if the glory of God was on us like it was on Moses when he encountered the Israelites and they looked at him and said, we can't look at you because the glory of God is so much on you. Imagine if people said that of us in our workspaces. I can't, I can't be around you because God is so real and we haven't said a word. But we've encountered a living God. So I just want to pray for us and we're going to sing this song and if there's anyone that just really wants an encounter with God, I'd urge you to take that bold step. Come to the front. Let's encounter the living God not just for now, but encounter Him so that we can come back next week and sing victorious songs because of what He's going to do in this week. Let's encounter the living God so that He can change us so we can encounter Him daily this week to impact our community. So I want to call us, those who want to encounter Him, just come to the front. There's guys, there's Wayne, there's Hilly, Tyler, Brett, Ed, We want to pray for you guys to encounter this living God to change you. Not just a once-off change, but a continual change and continual encounter with this living God. Let's just stand. Father, we just thank you right now that you are here. Thank you that you are real. Thank you, Father, that your presence is so real in this place right now, God. We don't deny your voice. We don't silence your voice, Father, but we want to make your voice louder in our lives. Right now, we want to silence every single voice of fear, every single voice of doubt, every single voice of disqualification over our lives, and we want to make your name louder in our lives, Jesus. What you have called us to louder right now, Jesus. We pray for an encounter with you right now, God that you would fall all over this place and encounter even the deepest, darkest cracks of our lives, Father, to change them for you. Just encounter us right now, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.